this Saturday retreat with Father Bonifix Hicks on personal prayer was hosted by Our Lady of Good Counsel Retreat House, Saturday, June 27, 2020. These and other uh, recordings and upcoming retreats are available at our website, goodcounselretreat.com. Hello, my name is Father Boniface. I'm a Benedictine priest and monk of St. Vincent Archabbey in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, and the spiritual director for St. Vincent Seminary and also the director for the Institute for Ministry Formation, and uh, anyway, say a lot of other things, but it's probably not so useful. But uh, also, happily, the co-author of a book on, on personal prayer, and uh, maybe you'll have a chance to read a little bit of that, and I'm going to talk about some of the material from that. It's really one of the most important things uh, it's the most important thing that we can do is to grow in prayer. And it's so good that you're taking time for a virtual retreat to take the opportunity to grow in prayer. I loved the sheet that the retreat center put together for you about preparing for a virtual retreat. And I hope that you do take that seriously in setting a time aside. I'm going to give some conferences for you and, hope to inspire you a bit, but if you don't spend time praying, it doesn't really matter how much I talk about it or even how much you read about it, uh, you won't grow in prayer. That's, it's like reading about relationships or reading about dating or reading about marriage or something else. It just doesn't work if you don't do it. And we only do it by doing it. Uh, we don't start perfectly. I always love the wisdom of Abbot John Chapman, who said, pray as you can, not as you can't. If you want to pray better, pray more. If you can't pray more, pray consistently. But what we certainly know is that if you pray less, it'll get worse. So uh, pray. Take the time to pray. It's beautiful that you signed up, registered for the retreat, and uh, I'm glad that I'll have a chance to share some thoughts with you, and I pray, and I'll lead us in prayer in a moment. I pray they will be helpful for you, but um, just really encourage you to take the time to set aside some time today, and uh, I'll give you some concrete invitations, ways to enter more deeply into prayer, hoping that you'll be able to use this time to draw closer to God. But let's uh, pause for a moment and pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for gathering us on this virtual retreat. Thank you for giving us the time to pray. More fundamentally, for giving us the faith to know you, to receive the revelation of yourself that you have given us most fully in Jesus Christ, your Son. Help us to enter more deeply into the relationship we have with you through baptism, that we may know you, love you, and receive your love as he does. And we ask all this through the intercession of Our Lady, who did precisely that, receiving all of your love in receiving all of your Son. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women 
and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Benedict, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I am a Benedictine. That's uh, really the first religious order in the church. And as a Benedictine monk, we kind of specialize. We're supposed to be specialists, uh, experts in prayer. I say that with a little bit of a smile because nobody, I don't think anybody ever feels like an expert in prayer. Uh, it's, anyway, there's always such a knowledge of how much we can grow into that and how much more there is. There's always so much more. That's the, just the amazing thing about God. He, he just, he's just always more. That's where I love a, one of the Jesuit mottos is Semper Maior. Uh, God is the God who is always greater. He's always more. And that's really is how our God is always more. So I know that uh, the Lord has something special for you in this time of retreat. He's always more. As beautiful as your relationship is, he wants it to be more. It's just amazing. As I, I walk us into some thoughts on prayer, I'm going to share a few slides with uh, some quotes. And it's one of the advantages of an online retreat. It's some not. It's a little bit more awkward maybe in an uh, in-person retreat. You can't share slides as easily, but I think we can here. So give that a a try. And hopefully you can see that now. Just uh, some slides on growth in personal prayer. And in this first conference, I want to look especially at how Christian prayer is human. And then we're really aiming at a prayer that is contemplative. And I'll talk about what that means. And again, everything I'm saying is for the sake of you uh, putting it into practice today. So please think of it in those terms. This afternoon, I'll have a chance to receive some of your questions and, and if there's something I can help to work through, maybe something I haven't made very clear or, or some personal struggles that you've had in growing in prayer. What, what makes it hard to put these things into practice, to make them concrete, make them reality? Uh, let's look at that. Let's be real uh, serious about it. If there's if there's something about this book that makes it, you know, there's a, a million books on prayer. You know, if there's something about this book that makes it maybe a little bit more useful or it's the fact that it was written from personal experience, my experience and uh, Father Tom Acklin, one of my uh, fellow monks here at St. Vincent Arch Abbey, we certainly share our experience. We, we don't tell you anything that we don't really believe ourselves experience or put into practice ourselves. You know, it's like we want it to be real. And then uh, we also, you know, we study the Catholic tradition on prayer and have been teaching it and reading it and trying to in integrate it. Uh, I have some quotes from some different sources in the course of uh, the slides here. And, uh, and then also, Father Tom and I are both spiritual directors, and so we, we meet with a lot of people for spiritual direction, and uh, then we get a little, a little vision into what their prayer life is like. And so, you know, we also, that fleshes out our understanding of, uh, of what Christian prayer looks like. So all of those different uh, 
sources, I hope, help to make this a little bit more concrete, a little more real. But again, looking first of all at prayer as human and contemplative. Ceaseless interior prayer is a continuous aspiration and yearning of the spirit of man toward God. To succeed in this sweet exercise, it is necessary to ask God frequently that he teach you to pray continuously. Pray often and fervently, and prayer itself will reveal this mystery to you how it is possible for it to be continuous, but it takes time. I believe it's uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. And this was the quest of the pilgrim in the way of the, the, way of the pilgrim. Uh, he goes around at the beginning, he says, pray without ceasing. What does that mean? What is ceaseless prayer? And so this is one of the responses that he gets in his quest to understand prayer without ceasing a continuous aspiration and yearning of the spirit of man toward God, human beings, men and women, man toward God. To succeed in this sweet exercise, it is necessary to ask God frequently that he teach you to pray continuously. So that's really the starting point. Ask him. Ask him to give you that grace to pray continuously. There are a number of things that happen just in reflecting in prayer in these terms because Maybe we thought we had a prayer life, and there are a lot of very uh, well-intentioned Christians who are serious about their Christian life, really trying to live the Christian moral life, trying to you know go to Mass faithfully, live the precepts of the Church, these kinds of things, uh, good, good souls, but have never really thought of a kind of prayer without ceasing. What would that, what would that mean? It's easy to fall into a feeling, well, if I pray these five times, or I pray this once or twice a day, that sort of satisfies, check, check, moving on with my, with my life. But what we're talking about in praying, praying without ceasing is something a little different than just check, check, one or two times. We're talking about something deeper in the soul and our relationship with God. So something going on there. And just to ask for it. So to know that that's a thing, some people don't even know it's a thing. Uh, we should know it's a thing. It's what really what God wants. He wants to be in that constant loving union with us, constant loving union with us. That's praying without ceasing. So start by asking. Ask often, pray often, fervently, and the prayer itself starts to open up, starts to enter into us. Now, the, the way of a pilgrim followed this through a, a kind of particular mode of, of praying with the, the Jesus prayer, you know, maybe you've seen these, these prayer ropes and uh, just going through, uh, Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Not so much about saying the words, but just about using our, our interior, our thoughts, our steady, steadily returning to the Lord, using that 
as a way of cultivating a constant loving union with him. So praying without ceasing. And then some really good news is that um, Jesus wants us to pray like human beings, not like angels. Jesus doesn't expect to find us in the place of angels. He looks for us in the lowest place at the children's table, and he comes to sit with us and then take us to sit next to him and our Heavenly Father. It's a little image that we like to use from the book, an image actually that uh, Father Tom talked about, especially in his beautiful little book, The Passion of the Lamb. Uh, he talked about Jesus's parable that he comes, uh, when, we, when we're invited to a banquet, we should take the lowest place. And then Jesus will come there and he'll say, friend, come up higher. Well, what's the lowest place at a banquet, right? The children's table. I don't know. Did you have one of those in your own home? We had a children's table. And uh, I remember when I went to my grandparents, my dad's parents in particular, and usually the cousins were there and the aunts and uncles and uh, there were a, a number of people at the adult table and then a number of us at the children's table. Well, that's where Jesus goes. Jesus goes to the children's table. When we come to prayer, sophisticated as if we know what we're doing, uh, then we're, we're placing ourselves at the adult table. But it's better to place ourselves at the children's table as uh, little ones who really don't know what they're doing and who have a lot of limitations and got a lot of stuff going on. That temptation to pray like, or to think that we're supposed to pray like angels. What do, what do angels do? Well, angels have a perfect attention. You know, angels don't sleep. They don't have bodies. They don't have feelings. They don't have these bodily limitations that require sleep and that have, you know, hormones and, and uh, emotions, whatever, that are going all over the place. Angels have, uh, I, they can fix their attention on God. They can, they can put their whole attention on him. Now, they're also, they're in the beatific vision, you know, but they don't have bodies that kind of slow them down or make that prayer a little bit clunky and awkward. And that's the kind of thing we don't like, or we, we think we're supposed to just get over it. But we have distractions, you know. So we're going to go to prayer, and we're going to try and focus our attention. And especially, most of us are living such busy lives, or, or many, many people are living very busy lives. And, you know, a lot of things going on, or things going on in our houses, and distractions come up and we sit down and we try to focus and then we think of 15 things that we forgot and then uh, we start to do some of those things oh I'm supposed to be praying I'm on retreat you know I set those things aside and then something else comes in the dog barks you know the phone rings the all this stuff right we have all this stuff and it can be very easy to get frustrated about that and say this is all a, an interference I need to get rid of all this stuff out of my life I need to cancel it all and now, again, just like that little sheet for preparation said, we can be reasonable about this. You know, there are ways we can silence our phone or we can make sure that the dog is taken care of or we can, we, we can you know, arrange our space in some reasonable way to give ourselves a fighting chance of having a few moments of, of fixed attention. But the reality is we, we have bodies and we pray as human beings. God doesn't expect us to pray like angels. He expects us to pray 
like human beings. And so that's, that's got to be our starting point. Let me read a little description to you. And maybe you'll, I hope this makes you feel better. I mean, it's a kind of typical description of prayer. Someone says, I went to pray, but nothing happened. I just sat there. After a little while, I started to feel uncomfortable. I wasn't sure what to say. To be honest, I wasn't sure if anyone was listening anyway. I tried to talk to God, but I just heard the echo of my own thoughts. Then some random stuff started to fill my head. I remembered some past experiences, and then I got a little upset. Got out my rosary to keep myself busy. But as I started through the prayers, I got distracted by someone who walked out of the chapel. And then I was alone. I felt really alone. I started to get bored and my eyes began to close and I started nodding off. And suddenly I woke up and I got really irritated. This is useless, I thought. I will never be able to pray. So I got up and left. I feel like we can all identify with that. We've all been there, maybe earlier today. And that's the thing. Prayer is human. We don't pray like angels. We pray like human beings. And that's what we have to bring to prayer, our bodies, our distractions, our feelings. And we do our best to give a little attention, to turn our thoughts towards the Lord. Another aspect of Christian prayer is that it's vulnerable, and, and this, I think, can really help us. I know this is one of the points that came out as we were writing the book, and I said, yeah, yeah, this is it. This is really good, because that really helps me to distinguish between sometimes when I pray, and I feel like I'm just skimming along the surface. Sometimes when I'm just reciting prayers, I'm just skimming along the surface. What's missing? What's missing is a vulnerability. It's a, it's a a revelation and exposing of the heart that's what tends to be missing but i'm i'm allowing it i'm allowing the words maybe it's there's nothing wrong with reciting words as part of our prayer but but there, do i allow the words to kind of open the heart do i allow my heart to open before the lord and really share my fears with him human vulnerability is the unifying thread that passes through all of our prayer it is the meeting point of God and man. This is because God is vulnerable too, infinitely vulnerable. Do you ever think of God as being infinitely vulnerable? God is exposing his very self, his, his being, by sharing being with us, by sharing existence with us, by, by creating outside of himself, by creating creatures with free will. He's really sharing himself and he's really vulnerable in doing that. And then we see this full revelation of God in Jesus Christ, who is, of course, most vulnerable, crucified, where we see he's defenseless, naked, pierced, suffering, bleeding out, just totally inside out, vulnerable. This is how God meets us in vulnerability, and he's drawing us to share our vulnerability with him share our vulnerability with him, expose your naked heart to him, expose 
your, your thoughts, your inner thoughts, expose your feelings to him. It's, it's one of the most amazing things when we start doing that, when we really start exposing our feelings to the Lord and tell him what's going on inside, really show him that. We, we have to see it and feel it in the process. You know, it's, we, we can't be detached from ourselves in that sense. You know, we're in ourselves, we're part of ourselves, and we're turning ourselves inside out feeling maybe the, the weight of our own failures or fears, feeling the, the weight of our, of our confusion, our inability, our desires, feeling all of that, opening it to him, having ideas, questions, doubts, confusion, exposing those to him, having, having the, the desire, Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me what unceasing prayer is. I want that in my life. Help me. Making all that concrete, vulnerable. The mystery of the incarnation united divine vulnerability with human vulnerability, and consequently vulnerability always remains our meeting place with God and facilitates the deepest human and divine encounter in prayer. Human vulnerability is always our meeting place with God. We often think of vulnerability as the thing that I got to cover up, you know, like I don't want to be out there. I don't want to be woundable. I don't want to be make it possible for myself to be betrayed or, you know, to take that kind of risk. I don't I want to cover up, self-protect, put up my defenses, build barriers. I want to encase myself in my successes and accomplishments and my, my curriculum vitae and my, uh, all, all of these things that make me feel important. We're, we're always, we always like to build these walls of stuff, but then we, we end up missing that beautiful meeting place between God and man. We, we miss that point of vulnerability. That's where God comes to meet us in that vulnerability. I want to talk just a few moments about prayer being contemplative. From the Catechism, and I'll encourage you to read this, paragraphs 2709 to 2719. It's a beautiful description of contemplative prayer. Um, now, just to make a, in case anybody here has been informed in the Ignatian school, he talks about meditation and contemplation. It's a different thing. He's describing uh, two different prayer practices. So I'm talking about contemplative prayer uh, as it's described in the Catechism and as we also find it in Francis de Sales, some other places. So contemplative prayer is not just a rarefied height for the advanced. It's foundational and permeates all prayer. So contemplation, sometimes we get this idea like contemplation is the final, you know, when you're a super prayer, then you got like the contemplative thing going on. No, no, it's, it's always there. It's really part of our relationship with God, which is, a, which is always growing within us. It's not merely a stage in prayer. It's really a fundamental aspect of all prayer, personal and communal. So not just something that I, that I reach after walking a certain distance in prayer. It's not an achievement after much strenuous effort. It's actually a consequence of baptism and a full flowering of the gifts received in seed form in baptism. So it's something that grows out of our relationship with God. I love the catechesis of the Good Shepherd, and they talk about how the little ones recently baptized, starting at age three, they do the catechesis of the Good Shepherd. They're contemplatives. 
They're all contemplatives. They just came forth from the hand of God through birth and then through baptism. So we have it. It's not a mental exercise. It's really an encounter in the heart. And we actually talk a little bit about the, uh, the passions of love and joy as uh, being humane passions and the dimension of the heart as being kind of our the humane part of us. And really learning to savor goodness, to savor God's love and to savor God's presence. That's as we are moved towards our perfection and as we come to land there at points and to rest there in that perfection, uh, we savor all of that. But all that happens in the heart. That's where we encounter God. Um, again, not, not an elite stage in prayer, but an aspect of a personal relationship. And it doesn't require advanced reason. It just requires a vulnerable human heart. That's why a three-year-old or a 93-year-old on a ventilator and a you know, feeding tube or something you know, a 93-year-old who's not all with it in their mind, um, all, all of us are, can enter into that more contemplative prayer. St. Francis de Sales defines contemplative prayer this way. He says, contemplation is nothing else than a mental attitude of loving, simple, persistent attention to holy things. It's an attitude. It's an attention. So we're seeing how it's not so many, not so much like I think about this, I do this. It's not an action so much as an attitude. It's, uh, it's, it's not a, an expression so much as an intention. So an attitude, an attention to holy things. Loving, simple, persistent. It's not contemplate, co complicated. It's not like we have to work ourselves up to it. It's not like you have to compose a, a certain kind of complicated prayer and you know when it works uh anyway then uh, francis de sales describing it as a simple gaze says meditation considers in minute detail and as it were item by item the objects that are suitable to excite our love but contemplation gazes with simplicity and concentration on the object that it loves so it's just that simple gaze. And that's where, you know, I hope you have some time for prayer today. And it's not going to be, we're always moving toward greater simplicity. So maybe you set up a, a holy image, like uh, that sheet for the online retreat described. You set up a holy image and, and you just look at that. Uh, maybe this image that you have here in front of you are of Our Lady. I, I chose this one because there's, she's very contemplative. She's just holding a baby. Maybe one or more of you has a baby. And, uh, and you can just be holding a baby this afternoon. Be very contemplative. Your baby sleeping in your arms can be very contemplative. And so uh, that simple gaze towards the Lord makes such a difference. And then all of this is aimed in a, in a direction. The greatest of these is love. You know, this is all about loving union. It's all about going out of ourselves and coming into union with another through love. Uh, so the, the goal of Christian prayer is not in extraordinary. It's not like you, oh, I finally arrived, I can levitate. You know, I finally arrived, I got the stigmata. I finally arrived. No, it's not about extraordinary phenomena. It's not about extraordinary states of consciousness. So, you know, Christian prayer is always relational and, uh, and human. It's not about a technique 
to achieve a state of consciousness. It's relational and it's human. So and it leads to the perfection of love. That's how we know we're getting closer to the Lord, is that we're growing in love, that perfection of love. So St. Paul says, faith, hope, love, abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Jesus says in John's Gospel, in the Last Supper Discourse, is the Father has loved me, or as the Father loves me, so I love you, abide in my love. And we're, we see how we're receiving the love of the Father. We're responding with the love of the Son. Uh, and, and we're living in this mutual self-giving love. We're living in that love. The Holy Spirit who dwells in us is that love. So we just want to remain in that. Remain in that dynamic of love. So we know and believe the love God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. So, with just a few of those thoughts, again, turning your attention to the Lord, allowing yourself to cultivate a loving awareness of his presence and attention and attitude of uh, directing your heart to holy things, that simple gaze of love, turning your heart toward him. I can recommend, if you wanted a little something to read, read John chapter 15, verses 1 to 10, about the vine and the branches. That would be a beautiful, beautiful passage to pray with. And let's conclude now with a prayer, and we'll pick up in our next session with relational prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, pour your grace into the hearts of my brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters. And help them to just make the time to enter into prayer, to rest with you, to be aware of your presence, open their hearts to you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks. Great to be with you.